What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, Mimi Shoneman, your host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show and licensed realtor with Remax Results. Good morning, Mimi. Howdy. I am so excited to talk to you guys today because you also brought in our good friend from Amec Home Loans, Phil Olson, is here as well. Yo. And you know what? Here's the good and the bad part. Are you even part. kidding me? Phil went to Iowa, so he's now talking all country on us. Is that yeah, that didn't sound Iowa? That didn't sound country to me. That sounded New York. If you're like yo, yo. If he came in with uh, a yeehaw, if he came in yeehaw, yo with a oh yo, oh okay, you know? gotcha, yo. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I you know what this is. I I like hanging out with you guys, but here's the thing. I feel like happy sad every time you guys come in because you guys give great information. Here's oh, the thing. Come on. It's personal today. You guys give great information, and you both have told me that I should just make an offer. Offer on the house I'm renting right now, and I still haven't done anything. Are you to do just really about putting it? that out there to <laughs> yeah. the universe? Okay, oh, yeah, let's have know. it. I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Miss you know, Shannon's kind of on the market here. Yeah, let's got a thing. Make well, her Miss Shannon is on the market, and so is the house, possibly. <laughs> um, but I think that it is just you know key information about. You know, it is good to practice what you preach. You guys give great information and you don't give it to just, you know, you don't come in here every week and just go, hey, any my talker that you're listening, here's stuff that we think you should do but we're just saying it in a ship lift service i'm saying that from a perspective as someone who's your friend you guys tell me the same thing so and I, like, yeah but you have bad dreams about it right you go home and you're like oh let me i need to do something to decompress me me and phil and yeah. no no i think it's very worthy information and i think that you do really streamline the process for everybody and part of the reason why you tell everybody that they should just jump on it right now is something that you wanted to mention about phil is that the rates change all the time and they're probably not going to go any lower right i would tell you right now we're in a market of ever increasing market rates okay. if you take a look at the bond market a report just came out from usa today how rising 10-year treasury yield pinches americans and basically ah, what mm-hmm. that's talking about is as the economy continues to be on fire and basically work in all fashions out there, uh, there's a trickle-down effect. And that trickle-down effect is the money's leaving the bond market. It's going to the stock market. Interest rates are rising. And, and right now in the last year, we've seen interest rates rise by 1.25%. Okay. Now, let me equate that. What does that mean to the average consumer? Okay. Okay. So we're going to buy a $200,000 home. Mm-hmm. That payment would about been about $947 here that time at 4%. Right. Now that payment is $1,090, meaning your payment's gone up by $140. But let me give you the good news. People go, well, then maybe I shouldn't buy. Right. Okay, then rent. Rent rates are rising faster than mortgage interest rates are, meaning you're paying more money to rent right. than it would be to own a home. And in last week's show, we talked about a home being one of your greatest investment vehicles to create wealth. Right. So the longer you stay out of the market, let's equate that to your 401k. The longer you don't put money into your 401k, the less money you're going to have for retirement. And then there's called the rule of seven. Right. The rule of seven says your money doubles every seven years. So people can say, well, it's not affordable anymore. Well, is rent affordable? Right. It's actually more expensive. 
I would be terrified to rent. I'm not even joking. Right. You know, it's because, you know, if you think about like what's your worst case scenario and the worst case scenario is that you get unemployed, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you've still got to pay to live somewhere, right? But you don't have any control over your rental. In your rental agreement, it probably says that you won't sublease right. to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It probably says that if you break your lease, you're going to have to pay two months penalty and lose your deposit. Um, you know, so if I own my own house, I can sublease to as many people as I want Airbnb to take care of myself when I'm in an emergency situation. Or how about you've got $50,000 in equity and you decide to sell your house, you pocket 40000 and now that would have been money that you wouldn't have had had you rented. Exactly. Right. And your landlord is loving you anyway, no matter what you do, you know, because boom, they've just got a penalty because you're moving out and he's going to raise the rent on the next person. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not helping you're you any. starting to sweat. She's like dripping over there. I don't <laughs> and know. I have another Phil, uh, question for you, Phil. But before we do that, can we please give everybody your NL- NMLS numbers? My MLS is 238103 Branch NMLS. Three seven nine zero nine four company NMLS one five zero nine five three. Because part of what you touched on last week, Phil, is there's a difference when you go to like there's lots of big box mortgage places that you could go, but they may only have one product, and that's the difference between going to them and then going to like Amec Home Loans is that you can do all of these different products, and a lot of times even the one that you might have liked from the big box store, right? Yes. I would say that's correct, but I think there's something else that mm-hmm. that's kind of special about myself. You know, I'm I'm not about a transaction. Right. I'm about a relationship. Got it. So when I meet with a first-time home buyer, my normal consultation is somewhere between an hour and a half to 2 hours with that first-time home buyer. That is where we explore every single option out there. We talk about the market, we talk about budget, and specifically budget, I I start off with the question What's affordable? Right. What's affordable? Well, let's talk about what is on your budget items, you know, because I think that a lot of people hear that conversation budget and it almost like is like a dinner bell ringing back to your mama going, <laughs> um, you spending too much money. Right. You know, and then it kind of, in, at least in my mind, when you start to talk about budget, it's almost like scolding. Yes. It like, creates so much anxiety that they don't want to continue the conversation. It's not a lecture. Right. right? But it's just a no, realistic it's just, conversation. It, it's just a realistic conversation. It's not where I'm going to scrutinize everything on your bank statement, but it, it's it's a conversation. Tell me what you guys like to do or right. what do you like to do uh, as, a, as a homeowner? There's other things you like to do. Are you a homebody? Are you one that wants to travel all the time? Do you eat out all the time? Those are things that you have to take into, a, into an account when somebody's going to buy a home. It's not just, I want to buy that $300,000 home and here's the $2,000 mortgage payment. No, there's more to it. And then, and then I talk about, well, have you given any thought as to what the utility costs are going to be for that specific product? Right. All right. Whereas, you know, I hear people, they, they go to an institution, they meet with the loan officer 15 or 30 minutes and they go, I didn't learn anything. Right. So there's there's kind of the difference. Yes, I represent 70 different lending institutions, but I truly care about my borrowers and I want to help them achieve ownership the correct way. And that's one of the interesting things when you talk about that, Phil and Mimi, about building that relationship, because you have said before that 
Yes, maybe this will be the home that you age in for the rest of your life, but that's not normally the case. Well, I like to talk to people about their seven to 10 year vision. Right. Because you make a life change. I'm going to say every every 10 years, something is going on. If you look back over your life from the 20s to the 30s, very different. Um, same thing, 20s to 30s, 30s to 50s. You know, right. every time you go up 10 years, you're doing something different in your life. Mm-hmm. My life is a lot different now than you know, the, my priorities for what I am trying to look for now are completely different from when I bought my townhouse, you know, 20 years ago. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. I can give you three quick examples. I've had three buyers that I helped buy homes two years ago. Okay. Two years ago. I'm now helping them buy new homes. Oh, goodness. One, one had twins. Mm. One went through a divorce. And the other one, was, which was really sad, is the husband became extremely ill. Right. And we ended up having to help sell their house, and they needed to downsize because he couldn't do the stairs anymore. And those were, those were three customers. Had I talked to them two years ago, they would have said, this is the place we're going to be at for the next seven to 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, the first thing that clicks in my mind when I hear you say that you're having those personal conversations with those people is, is that really the conversation you want to have with a 1-800 number, you know, loan they're, place? They're not going to have that conversation. You know, that, that person is a transaction coordinator. That person is all about getting the loan, slam it done. They could not care less what is happening. And that's the nice thing about going and being able to look at Phil eyeballs to eyeballs. And he's got candy on his desk. (laughs) I've seen it. Chocolate. Chocolate. Because that was a request. Not just Tootsie Rolls. We go big budget when we see Olsen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) So when we come back from the break, Phil, you know, we've been talking about uh, don't be left behind in this real estate and mortgage vehicle to build wealth. And I think that people that are afraid, we're going to talk about your fears. Call us with what is scaring you or what has scared you. And let us talk about that and and help you to understand that the people historically that have bought real estate are the wealthiest people in the world. Correct. And I think uh, there's so many different options out there. And and we're going to kind of tackle some of these fears one by one. So that way you understand that there are options out there and you shouldn't be afraid. And we're also going to take your questions. We're very easy to contact at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. You can always find the information at MyTalk1071.com and you can use the keywords Red Hot. You put up lots of great links there every week, Mimi. And you also are a repository of lots of different information and we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you are looking for something that you don't see on our show page, all you have to do is call us during the week, 651-578-2218, or email Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com. You can also contact the show um, and and request anything that you'd like to, to have. Right, because a lot of times you sit there and you go, I had this happen to me in the past. So now I don't try and work towards the future. Exactly. Mm. You know, we were talking during the break. We have some of our best conversations right during the break <laughs> when the music is playing. Right. Exactly. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing was is last week, Phil was blowing me up with the video and I was like doing my little dance thing. And now he's over here doing the groove. Right. Right. See, you're no, feeling it. No yeah. video, but he's over here <laughs> busting a move. Okay, mm. Phil. Um, Phil is a repository of information and he's cute. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, we don't want to call him, call him and talk to him. We're going to talk about 
fear right yes. now. And millennials, you were saying, Phil, there's a study. And there tell everybody study, what that is. There was a study taken out where millennials' uh, biggest fear is home ownership is because they saw their mothers, their fathers, their family members go through the housing downturn where they lost their houses either to foreclosure, short sale, and uh, the the stress that that put on them basically put put up that giant stop sign that said, I'm not going to do this. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, that was a really bad time out there. But, you know, over the long haul, if you look over the last 50 years, you know, home ownership has been the number one reason for wealth. And so the the down market, what year would you say was the worst of the down? 2010? I think it really started probably around Seven. 2008. Yeah. You know, but the the height of it where you saw just a massive amount of, of properties, I'm thinking 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah, right. for sure. Which was right when I had my short sale. So as someone who, you know, was in the midst of that, it's like I, you know, my son was two years old. I'm going through this short sale. I felt like I had done everything right by making this decision to buy this home. Mm-hmm. And now because of nothing that I did, but because of what the economy did and the way it tanked, I'm like, I still have to sell my house for less than I thought it was going to be worth. Yeah. And so it does feel very demoralizing. And, and that had never it happened. Beats, yeah. It just, yeah, you do feel really beat down. And that was way back in 2010. And it feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. Until you and I talk about this all the time, Mimi, I'm like, that feels like yesterday that I went that because your brain does imprint on those negative points in your life. Of course, and you, you're wanting to avoid anything that causes you that kind of significant trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fascinating um, that, you know, and it, it, I think that as time evolves, we're going to be studying the millennials and a lot of things that they do because of the effect of the economy. And I wonder if there's going to be some significant correlations to the depression, mm-hmm. the Great Depression, mm-hmm. and uh, this recession that we went through that lasted for so long, and their response to that. And so there are things that I've read too about when we start looking at Gen Y's and the way that they respond to things, because again, watching their parents go through certain things, they do kind of harken back to the way the baby boomers think about things, because they want stability, they want to be able to grow, they want to know where they're going to be in the world. Well, I see they mm-hmm. don't want to be trapped. Correct. You know, they want an escape. And I think that that's the biggest misnomer, Phil, and you can chime in on this, but a lot of folks think that it's super hard to get out of a house. Well, maybe when it, there was like billions of homes that were on the market, um, right now we're in a super hot seller's market, and now it's easier to get out of a house. You can put it on the market. It sells fairly quickly as long as there's not deferred maintenance. And by deferred maintenance, that means that you've got to take care of your house when you own it. You mm-hmm. can't just move in there and just, you know, you know, say good luck house and, right. you know, hope you make yeah. it. I mean, you, you probably know the statistic better, Mimi, than I do. But right now, I would say your your average house right now is not staying on the market any more than 30 days. Right now, we're seeing days on market go up, though. Uh, yeah, so, I would agree with that, but it's still at the same point. Yeah, I, I just talked with a consumer yesterday. They're locked into a lease rent-wise for two years. They're starting okay. to do two-year leases out there. The common one is the one-year lease. This this past summer, people put their house on the market and they were sold over the weekend. Yeah, you know, and and that was from a price point from one hundred thousand to probably three hundred three hundred thousand. They sold within less than seven days. A lot of them sold in one day or two days. So for that 
for that consumer thinking, well, I'm going to buy this as an investment, but if I want to move, then I'm stuck. I would tell you, you are more stuck in a rental agreement than you are stuck in a house. Now, of course, that's all dependent on the economy. Right. But right now, our economy for at least for at least the next two to three years, I do not see it going in a downturn. Okay. Yeah. So let's circle back to some of the pain points that, that folks have seen in the past. Um, we've talked a little bit about short sales mm-hmm. and, you know, some people out there are listening to this and they're saying, I'm still underwater. Right. You know, they really don't think that they can sell, but they think, you know, I, I still owe too much. And maybe they do. If you're out there and you still think that you owe too much on your house that you'd like to sell it, but you just don't think you can. We need to talk. We can show you exactly what we think that your house could sell for in today's market and believe that we can get you top dollar for your house. Um, now, as far as the folks that did short sale back then, what is the minimum waiting period that somebody needs to wait for a short sale and bankruptcy? Well, minimum for bankruptcy would be two years. Minimum on a short sale is three years. But I want to kind of harken back to what you were just talking about is people think their house is worth this. Mm-hmm. And here's the common thing that people tell me. Well, my tax statement says the house is worth 200000 Right. Don't look at your tax statement, folks. Matter of fact, if, if you're being taxed, they're valuing your home at $1. You should be doing flips in the hallway, okay, because that's the tax that you're paying on paying on the property. Okay. Okay. Frequently, I see that, that the value of a home is sometimes anywhere between maybe 10 to sometimes 30% more than what the tax statement oh, says. Oh, okay. All right. So that's where you want to bring Mimi into the, into the picture and do what's called a CMA market analysis to actually give you a true sense of what the value of that property should be. And I tell a lot of people are like, but my neighbor is on the market right now for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but your neighbor's house is not sold. So that is not solid information. Got it. You need to look back to the last 90 days of what's sold in your area within a tight radius you first start out at a quarter mile and see what's happening just in your subdivision and then pull it back out maybe a half mile and then pull it back out even further to a mile that's what your appraisers are going to use and that's those are the comps that are going to matter so don't tell me that somebody five miles down the road in minneapolis that's got a three bedroom just like yours looks just like it on the outside that is not the same comp and you get into that trouble in St. Paul and Minneapolis a lot, you know, because you could be like two streets over mm-hmm. and have and know those people and have barbecues with them, but they're in a different neighborhood. And how do you work it out if there's like if you have a house that's not a lot like like because there's so many neighbors like mine, some of it's duplexes, some of it are single family homes. What if a house like yours hasn't sold on your block? Well, that means that you just need to go back in time a little bit further until you find the comps that match or you would need to go out but Mm -hmm. you try to do it in small baby steps okay and find one that looks like yours and sometimes if they're if it's a unique property you're going to have to go out away okay and And, that's so are the appraisers correct and and sometimes when you have a really unique property i'll give you a great example just had a client that's trying to sell their house and they were talking to me about the value and i found out in their backyard is a railroad track Oh, oh, okay. Not good. Yeah. Because in the lending world, they're going to want to see at least one comparable sale mm-hmm. where it butts up against a railroad track. So, I mean, it, that's where 
you bring Mimi into the situation, you bring myself into the situation, we can take and basically take a look at your your home and give you a very, very good estimate as to what the actual sale will be. But you have to be realistic. Okay. okay? You can't be comparing your house against the the, the, the number rank 10 house down the road when your house is only a seven right. and that house is 500 square feet bigger and that one's got the basement is finished and yours is not. And that's where it just comes down to realistic expectations. Okay, exactly. And on the flip side of that, when you're buying a property, please don't fall in love with your property until you've got the keys in your hand because I'm going to tell you some painful things. Mm-hmm. Um, the the commercial building that you can see out of the corner of your eye, that is not always going to make people happy. Ah, and gotcha. that can also expand over time because if that is zone commercial, then things around it can be zone commercial. Not good for a residential resale. Would you agree, Phil? Exactly. Okay. Same thing, too, for... Um, busy streets, uh, you know, the busier your street is, the harder it is going to be to sell. Maybe it doesn't bother you. Maybe you're moving from Chicago and the railroad tracks rocked you to sleep every night and you love that. Right. And you're looking for that. Well, that's great for you. And we're happy to meet you because we'd love to sell you that house on the railroad tracks. But I would say in the 90 percentile does not want to live by the railroad tracks. So let's back up to the fear. The fear is that I'm going to buy a house and I'm not going to make any money on the house. Right. Okay. Well, that's where it comes down to location, location, location. I can say it a thousand times. Mm -hmm. The location of the property will support the value. All right. Great example. You want a pool in the backyard. Right. Awesome. People love pools. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You just taken 50% of the market out there because the other 50% does not want a pool in their backyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't right. want to keep track of it. I don't want to have to keep my kid out of it. I know. Don't yeah. want the maintenance, right. uh, the security, the higher insurance. So when you're buying a home and you're buying it as a potential long-term investment, you need to take the emotion. Take the emotion out of the purchase. Right. Okay. If you're buying a house that doesn't look like anything anybody else has, Yes. You could possibly be creating your own disaster. There's one right over on 94. It's mm-hmm. called a globe home. Yeah. You can see it right off the highway. It's an unfinanceable property. Right. Well, let's talk about this a little bit more about unique properties when we come back from the break. And we'll also take your calls. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results is here. Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans is also with us. We're talking about things that hold you back, things that make you fearful when you are looking into the idea of home ownership. And we're also taking your calls at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. If you call in. You can also get a copy of those great guides that you put out every quarter, Mimi. Absolutely. You just need to call and request the things to consider when you're buying or selling for fall 2018. Got a lot of great information. We need to make sure that we have your correct information so that we get it to you. If there's like a number or a letter that's transposed and you don't get your guides, please call us back and let us know. And anybody can call me any time of the week. They can reach me at 651-238-6748. And there's no such thing as a bad question right? or a bad concern or I'm too afraid. Call me. Uh, I've I've worked almost 3,000 mortgages in my career. You name it, I've seen it. And if I haven't seen it, I can relate it to something 
that I've done or worked with somebody before. Right. So, so you I'm know the person of- to call if it's not you. Exactly. Got it. So we're talking about things that, uh, you know, don't be left behind in real estate. And what are you missing out? So uh, there's a lot of fear uh, about people wanting to jump into real estate, especially when they hear on the the media that that things are shifting. Things are people are uncomfortable when things change. Myself, too. Um, and, And things are changing right now. But one of the things that stays constant is that there's. There seems to always be divorce situations mm-hmm. um, where you know people own property together and there's a split. And that is, I would say, extremely traumatic mm-hmm. um, to know that you've got all of these decisions to make when you're in an emotional state. Phil, I know you've worked with a ton of people going through divorces and I've worked with folks and we've worked with folks together that have gone through that. When somebody is going through that, what do you think is the best thing for them to do? I would recommend that both parties come and sit with me because it's got to be, you know, what's going to end up happening in the divorce is one party or the other is going to get the house. All right. And just because you get the house, the question is, is the house affordable for you? Okay. Secondly, in a divorce decree, normally there'll be there'll be verbiage in there that one has to buy the other person out of the property. Okay. Well, what happens if the person that gets the property doesn't have qualifying income or credit good enough to basically refinance that property all, into, on their own. all on their own. And that's where I see some big time problems. That's why it's better if I can meet with both parties, have a, you know, a good conversation, understand what their wants and needs are, and then they can actually go back to their lawyers and talk to them about, okay, this is what we've been told. This is the way it has to be done. And then guess what? Sometimes a property shouldn't be in either one of them their names. They should sell it and At, start over. Back Absolutely. to your taking the emotion out of it. Like you can help them go, Correct. Well, maybe you, you should take, both move on. You got to take the emotion out of it and, and look at reality. What is feasible and what meets the guidelines of getting a home? I've seen people get in divorce, divorces and they're never able to buy each other out because they don't have the means to do it exactly and i i see a lot where there's an emotional attachment of one party more so than the other to that particular house and that is you should never allow yourself to be that way this isn't this is a what would you say what 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 would you describe a house it's it's a investment vehicle at that point when you start to separate yourself from another person right. that you have bought the house with, it's easy to stay emotionally attached to the same house. And for the future a, you were going to build together in it. For a variety of different reasons. Right. And sometimes it doesn't make economic sense to stay in that house. You know, you're staying there for mm-hmm. maybe not the right reasons. And well, we need to talk through that. There's a lot of people that have that problem. You yeah. know, and they, they can't, they don't relate the financial impact to their life by staying in that home when there might be another alternative that is better for them and it would give them a better quality of life. And it might also be the emotional impact to their, you know, their emotional quality of life that they're going, well, I need to win so I get to keep the house. Yes. Which yeah. is probably isn't healthy for them either. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of folks are, are worried that the children that are involved, you know, have the same emotional attachment and they don't want to disrupt the family. Right. Now, I'm not an attorney or an, uh, you know, an advisor. A family counselor. Mm-hmm. Yes. But 
this is a, you know, you need to understand what's going to do to your, your lifestyle. How is that going to impact you financially if you make a bad decision there? And thank you for everybody that calls into the Red Hot Real Estate Show at 651-641-1071. And Pat, sounds like your question is a little bit different. What's your question about uh, financing a remodel? Yeah, well, um, I, I live in a home. I own a home in Longfellow neighborhood. Um, we've been working on the interior to put it up for sale next spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and next spring will be, of course, when we do all of the outdoor things. And what I'm going to do when I sell my house is I'm going to add on to my son's home in a suburb, which is very different for me. But um, talk about emotional attachments. But it's really time for me to to be with my family and be with my grandkids. So my question is, um, I can go to my credit union or my bank and probably take out, I don't know, a line of credit or something against my home, Mm -hmm. which is already paid for, and begin building onto their home. Because my, I don't want to take too long on this, but what I'd like to do is live in my home while we are completing the build addition to his home and then when his is done, then start moving all my things up there. And then when it's empty, put it on the market and sell it so, so okay. it can show. So, But my question is, um, I'm not sure about how to do the financing. I'm, the <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, yeah. I, Thank you for calling, Pat. Well, from what I've gathered, it sounds to me like I would use a home equity line of credit to help okay. you with the financing on your primary residence. And then okay. as far as the construction on your son's home, I would probably recommend a construction loan, and it could either be a one-time close or a construction to end loan to help you with that specific project. In order for me to really determine which would be the best for you, though, I'd really need to know, understand the terms and the rates and everything that's involved as to do we do a construction loan or do we just do it with a home equity loan? And, you know, Pat, I want to also not not to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but we want to make sure that you and your your son have spelled out all the, the terms that need to be spelled out. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult to have that conversation with family. Um, but I have had family that did exactly what you're talking about doing, and they wished that they would have had an agreement in writing of all the terms that, that go with living in, you know, co-owning or however you guys want to structure it. And that also might, you know, be a great thing for you is to have a conversation with, with an attorney that we know and trust. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yes. Another- yes. Another... So- and so the line of credit is something that I could also, I mean, that would be one loan and I could use it for construction on his home. I don't need a line of credit to fix my house. Okay. I have the cash to do that. So. Well, it all depends. Now, just understand that's going to be fixed to the prime rate. The Federal Reserve is planning on raising the, Fed, the prime rate three times here in 2019. And if you're thinking about keeping that as a long-term uh, finance vehicle, I would not recommend it. And the reason being is that interest rate is going to continue to go up. So at some point I, in time, I you might want to... I'm sorry, I thought if I took it out for less than a year, I mean, as soon as I sell my house, 
then I would pay off whatever the loan is. If you're going to pay I mean, it I, off in a year's time, then yes, that would probably be a great way to do it. I'd still like to understand your transaction a lot more. And then also, what you plan on doing to your son's home, you need to make sure whatever you're doing to your son's home is not going to be a detriment to that property because it could affect the appraised value of the home. You know, multi- we met with their city planner on Friday to get some tips on that. Well, good. Okay, Pat. Well, I think that we could probably talk with you all day. You (laughs) want to just stick around with us? I don't want to take the time. Could both of you just email me and call me? You betcha. My information. Would love to help you. Just leave your information with our producer. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So, Sonny did get all of Pat's information. And I think that that's a great example of how these are very complex situations. And we're glad that they have people like you that they can contact. And so we're going to go to our next call. So, Chris, are you currently selling your home? Chris, are you currently selling your home? Yes. So, I believe so. So what is that? <laughs> Oh, that sounded a little tentative, Chris. What's going on? <laughs> okay, guys, I'm going to sum it up super quick. And like literally just came out of church. And I feel like this is like a divine intervention because um, the situation you guys are discussing is right where I am. Um, married 30 years, mm-hmm. owned a home since 1994. Um, I moved out in 2015 and we've been trying to work through the lovely, you know, terms of the separation. Right. He, yep. he stayed in the house, um, and didn't want to sell. Um, right before I moved out, we were working with a real estate agent. We were staging marketing it to go in 2015. And then I moved out and that kind of threw a wrench and everything. And he decided he wanted to stay. So here we are. Three years later, 2018, divorce will be final in 60 days, and he came to mediation with attorneys saying, we're selling. And I'm like, great, finally, you know, now that the market's been hot for three years, (laughs) here here we are. So here's my question to you guys. We have it written in our mediation agreement, house is being sold. He wants it sold empty, so he's going to move out. He's going to vacate to empty. Now the fun... And you know what time of year it is here. Now the fun question is, would you guys list now or oh. would you wait until January? So here is, that's a great question. And we're able to go into the MLS data and show you how, how in your area, you know, price points, what, what price points are selling and when would be a good time to time that to the best that we're able to see that information um, it is going to get slower between now and Christmas. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. Um, and some people feel that, you know, spring market is the time to do it. And that's really a personal decision. Um, there's always going to be people in Minnesota looking all year long. Mm-hmm. And with inventory down, some people would make the argument that now would be a great time to do it. You're not going to have so many tire kickers. People who are looking are going to be super serious. Um, but then there's also people that say, you know, I just want to do it in spring market. But if that's you, Chris, then spring market, keep in mind, is right around Super Bowl time. So that's January still. Uh, and house s- is ready. You know, house will yeah. be ready November 1st yeah. to go. What, so, is, what, is the, what is the price point of the home, if I may ask? Yeah, I did have a CMA done by um, the real estate. It's, it's sitting, he said conservatively, 310 330 to 360 obviously when it was super hot it's a four bedroom four bath traditional two-story on 
a corner lot. So, well, we should probably get your information, yeah. Chris, and and talk to you a little bit more about your particular situation and and give you our opinion. You know, yeah. do it interest now or rate, do it January. Interest rates not helping me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love it that you called us straight out of church, and you know, believe it or not. Believe it or not, rising interest rates are actually making some people come off the fence as well, though, and because they they want to take advantage of the rates now versus what they will be in the future. So I would still tell you it's a still a great time to sell your home. You'll do just fine. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to selling in in the market that we're in right now versus waiting for spring. And do you guys feel this kind of freaked me out a little bit too? And this is very different from than it was obviously, years ago. The point, too, is if we put it on the market now, we don't get a buyer, then the freaking factor out for people is, oh, my God, this house has been listed for so long. What's wrong with it? Well, you know, there's always going to be that perception. Um, There's nothing you can do about extended days on market. So you do want to think that through. And a lot of times, too, when, when folks... You know, you hear a lot of folks say, well, I just want to try this price point because it's a hot market. So I want to go over what we really think it's going to sell for. Whenever you do that, you really eliminate the opportunity for multiple offers right out of the bat. And we're still seeing multiple offers. So, you know, you you want to your pricing strategy really needs to be spot on um, to sell it quickly. I don't know this about so, you, but Mimi. This is so intimidating, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, that's why you're the expert. <laughs> I I would tell you, don't be intimidated by it. You've got you've got a great team here. Should you need us to help you, uh, one of the things that you know causes me a little bit of a concern is you're talking about removing everything out of the house, meaning the house is going to be vacant. And yeah. if if you're a buyer, okay, and the buyer's real estate agent. We're looking, okay, so did they move out of state? What's going on? Is there a divorce going on? You you, you might be in a better position if you had the house staged. Yes. Fully I mean, staged. It is nice to have it staged. You're right, Phil. But, you know, I'm just going to tell you, you know, people, buyers, they look in your closets because they want to see the closet space. They look in everything. So they know if people are living in the house or not, even when it is staged. Okay. So, I mean, yes, it does give you that instant warm feely thing going on, but it's not always 100% worth worth it, in my opinion. And Chris, don't worry. We'll have our producer, Sonny, get all your information and Phil, Phil and Mimi can contact you. And as Phil said, don't be intimidated. They're going to help you out, okay? Sounds good. I need it. All Thank right. you, Chris. No problem. And we are going we are going to go to break, but we have more information in our final segment when we get back. So make sure that you can also call and contact us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results is here. Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans is here as well. We've been taking your call, 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And Mimi, you were covering things that basically uh, are causing fear. What is it that people are using to not make a decision to go into home ownership? You know, 
I, I come from a long family of um, put your head in the sand. Yeah. Fear will stop you, you mm-hmm. know, anxiety, depression, all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, if it's natural right. when you've got massive change or something is traumatic and you've never faced it before to not know what to do. And so sometimes calling Phil or calling myself to talk about a scenario, no matter if you use us or not, Mm -hmm. um, it is empowering just to get it out, you know, just to say it to somebody who understands. Because you probably feel a little isolated on a lot of these things. Like we did have a couple of calls that were talking about going through a divorce. And we've talked about this before on the mom show with our family attorneys that, you know, from experience, you are going through so much with the trials and tribulation when you're navigating that road when you're getting divorced that you should be kind to yourself by getting expert advice or having somebody that's willing to lend an ear and talk you through things so you don't feel like you have to do this all yourself. But people probably feel a little embarrassed to make those calls. You know, that is, I think that is a fear that people have is, is I don't want to look foolish. Right. And, you know, I, like what you said, Phil, last break is there is really no stupid question. Okay. There isn't. And we hear every possible question that there is and every real estate transactions almost got its own DNA. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I mean, because it's kind of a living, breathing thing. Oh, every mortgage I, I will tell is a living, breathing entity. And then there's sometimes when people bring a situation to me where I say, you want to know something? I think we should bring an accountant into play. I think we should bring a real estate lawyer into play or a divorce lawyer or into play or an accountant into play. And sometimes these people will actually come to my office right. and sit down with my clients and myself and we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, I, I cannot tell you the number of times where I've had a client relating back to divorces where they do it themselves. Mm. And that's a huge mistake. And, and I'm just going to say. And and the things that I see in the divorce decree, they go, well, w- this was the cheap way to do it. Right. And now I go, well, because you've done it this way, you've just missed out on all these other options. Right. And, you know, when people think, well, I'm never going to be able to buy for four years or five years, I would tell you. Most of the clients that I work with that have that idea in their mind that they're not going to be able to buy for four or five years down the road normally turns into sometimes three months to two years max. Right. To two years max. And and then the other thing related with credit is people call me all the time and they go, well, you got, you can't help me. My my credit karma score yes. is, is, is 544. I'll pull credit on them and I'll go, you're a 620. I just got pinged because I have like we we get those from our credit card thing and my one my credit card is one of the ones as well that does its credit monitoring thing mm-hmm. and I'm like okay and it is sometimes I'm going well wait a minute what about this thing and what about I don't do anything with it but it is just another way to gamify my life you know yeah. kind of thing so you do get that information so how is it different from what I would get from a credit karma a credit wise or something like that versus what you do Phil. When well, you we, pull it. Well, we pull what's called a tri-merge report that comes directly through the bureaus, and it is spot on to that minute okay. in time. Okay. So it's not delayed. Okay. And I get to see every single financial transaction you've ever done in your whole life, basically, okay. other than trade lines that may have dropped off. But I'm going to see everything you've done on credit. I'm going to see your credit limit. I'm going to see your balances. I'm going to see judgments, liens garnishments. I'm going to see it all. And it's once I see all of that, we can put in 
a game plan okay. to fix those those types of things. And I'll actually be able to give you timelines as to how long this takes. Example is, you know, how long people do, they, they'll dispute accounts okay. on their credit report. Believe it or not, if you have disputes on your credit report, they have to be removed prior to you buying your house. Okay. They didn't know that. Now, so that, you thought you were doing the right thing by disputing something, but it really started something else. Believe it or not, a dispute can actually cause your credit scores to go down or ah. it can actually have it go up. Okay. Okay. Because if you have a delinquency on a credit report and you're disputing it, well, the bureaus aren't going to hit you for that negative, for that negative um, one by 30 or missing that mortgage payment or missing that credit card payment. Right. So the key is, is when they sit down with me is we're going to look at all the issues. We're going to break every issue down. We're going to come up with a resolution to every one of those issues. All right. Here's, here's the other thing. I have the ability to do what's called a what if simulation. I go directly to the bureaus and I just had clients sit down with me where we took a look at every trade line they had, every balance they had. And we said, what if we pay this one down? Okay. What happens if we close this account? And in real time, they can actually see either their score go up or their score go down. Oh, okay. And believe it or not, I've helped people increase their score almost 100 points in less than 30 days. That's amazing. With, yes. with, with that factual data to help them fix their problem. You know, so when people tell me their credit karma score, I always go, I don't want to hear your credit karma <laughs> score. It's because it's so off. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those things that it's like, that's a little pat on your own back, but it might be actually a detriment to but you. But that's where they're sitting on the fence and they're going, I, I'm fearful. You can't help me. I don't want you to tell me no. Right. I'm going to tell you, call me. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it. Let's fix it. I will help you fix it. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing to call Phil and, you know, it takes some courage because he is scary. Um, <laughs> as we've learned, over the show, he's so not scary. <laughs> but if you call Phil and, you know, you already know in the back of your mind, okay, so I missed my Sears payment, right? you know, six months ago. And Phil, wouldn't it be great if you call Phil and Phil goes, I got a solution for that. You know, I've got a buddy at Sears. Because <laughs> you, know? no, you never know. Yeah. Right. So he can like do things that can help you manipulate all of the stuff you need to have fixed and get it fixed. So, Phil, if, if folks want to get a hold of you because they want to just to, to talk with you, mm-hmm. just just to run some stuff by you. How do they get a hold of you? 651-238-6748. Or they can email me at phil at Call Phil Olson.com. And Mimi, your information again is? Yep. You can always go to mnredhotrealestate.com and request those. What to consider when buying and selling guides are absolutely free. We just have to have the correct spelling of your email. Yes. So don't be scared to call our experts. Again, you can get this information on our website, mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. bills on time? Not maxing out credit cards? Yes, give yourself credit. 
You can get closer to big goals like home ownership by taking small steps to build up your credit. Level up your credit knowledge at Fannie Mae.com slash credit education. Hey. 